Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Yellow Kings Podcast. On this episode, I get a chat with a pretty familiar face to some of you guys, Varun Rana. You probably see him on TikTok. If you're anywhere near career talk, Silicon Valley talk, tech talk at all. But we basically have a chat regarding his experience of going from working at Amazon to working at a Series D startup. And just in general, how the whole startup world may not be all the rage that social media makes it out to be. It's definitely going to be a more laid back podcast than usual, but definitely valuable for those who are looking to maybe make the pivot from big corporate, big tech into a more 100 to 500 employee startup, right? And for those that just want to hear a more realistic perspective of what that may look like. But other than that, hope you guys enjoy this podcast and I'll talk to you guys all very soon. Bye. Why did you leave big tech? <laughs> yeah, um, it was a really tough decision. Um, and I wasn't sure when I left, I wasn't sure what was next. I wasn't necessarily sure just yet if I was going to come back to it or do something else. I just needed to leave my job at the time for my own sanity. That's really what it came down to. It was late 2020. Amazon was actually having a really great year, uh, due to the pandemic and stuff. Fantastic Uh, year. Yeah, we were really busy though. And... I was on the retail side, so we just had really ambitious projects and whatnot. Um, I was overworked, wasn't getting the support I needed from management and whatnot, and so I was just really stressed out. Mental health was not in a great place. I had seen other people during COVID quitting Amazon and kind of doing a six months of travel kind of thing, and and then I just kind of looked at my my uh, bank account and I was like. I don't need to be here anymore. Why am I still here? Like, why the fuck am I still here? Like, I do not have to put up with this. I straight up don't need to be here, even from a financial standpoint. So I was just like, see ya. And I just left and uh, I was like, okay, I'll just take a break and see what I'm feeling. You know, I think I really owed that to myself. And then when I did that, I realized that's that that was the first time in really like eight years or maybe in my life that I had just taken a pause to be like, hmm, what do I actually really want? You know, I feel like for the last eight years, aka from like the beginning of college to 24 or whatever, first time in my life that I really took a pause to be like, what do I actually want? I've just been kind of copying people, right? I thought about, do I just go back and get another software engineer job? I decided no. Very quickly, I was like, I don't think I want that. I don't think that's the right thing for me. And so I kind of just applied around. I, you know, did some learning, did some random like tech courses on the side. I ended up taking a job very briefly at a company called Dynatrace, which was a larger tech company, you know, maybe a few thousand employees. I didn't work there very long, but... They are um, Unicorn, right? They were Unicorn startup? Yeah, I think they had yeah. just IPO'd when I joined. Yeah. Um... I took a pay cut to be there, but I just needed a job and something to do. Um, right. And I think through that experience and kind of observing the big techification of this company, I was like, I don't think I want to, like, this is starting to give me flashbacks to my last job. And I think I want to take a dip into the startup world because I was just so sick of feeling like, There's all this stuff just happening to me and I just have to be a soldier to it and just kind of like have this one little role that I do and that's it. 
And I felt like I wanted to pick up new skills. I felt a little pigeonholed, right? I was just this coder. In Dynatrace, I was doing more like client-facing stuff, but I still felt it was very entry-level and I just had this one little job that I was doing. You know, the wear many hats thing was starting to appeal to me a little bit. I was like, yeah, I kind of want to be somewhere where I can talk to customers more, maybe learn more about product and marketing and data and whatever. I just like was craving to upskill. Yeah, that summer I applied strictly to startups. You quit your job at Amazon late 2020. Yeah. You yeah. took a sabbatical? Or I don't know, no, I I just don't know quit. if that's the right word. I just quit. I just put in my two weeks. Yeah. And then end of 2020, I took a job at Dynatrace. I started that in So December. you got a job before you quit or after you quit? After I quit. Like, so I oh. between October and November, I was off doing nothing. And then... Um, yeah, December is when I got that job at Dynatrace. I was there for like six months maybe, but like mm -hmm. during that time I was kind of like still applying around and looking around and kind of brainstorming what to do. It was actually during that time frame that I got onto TikTok and you know, I just had a lot more free time and started like expanding my horizons, I guess. And so um so that was great. But I still knew I wanted a, a better corporate gig, so it was that summer, July, I think, when I got the job at Notarize, which is now Proof, and uh, spent about two years there. So, yeah. All right. So, let's yeah. start from the beginning. What yeah. was the first six months like going into the company? Because yeah. from my impression, from what I heard from you, when you first started Notarize, remote work from home, right? Yeah. Yeah. You're, you were in Detroit at the time, and you, you, you were a big fan. You're like, I remember. I remember. You told me on a call, I forgot it was a podcast or not, but you're like, fuck this big tech shit. I'm here at this company. It's like, was, was it 50 people at the time or something? No, it was uh, actually bigger than when I started. It was like 400-ish, something like 400? that. 400? Yeah. But you're like, I like this small company vibe. Because Di yeah. Dynatrace was how many employees at, at that time? Uh, that was like two, 3,000. Like, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so in other words, it's pretty small. It, it's like a yeah. series... E D yeah, company series D. Yep, yep. Series D. Okay, Series D. Almost at IPO, but not not there. They're not like a pre IPO yeah. company yet. I remember talking to you. You're like, fuck yeah, dude. I love this yeah. shit. Like, if anything, I want to go to like a five man startup next. You know? <laughs> <laughs> These are your yeah. words. But um, what what was it like for first six months? Yeah, you know, I I still feel though a lot of those things or the spirit of those things I said like yeah it was really fun the first six months like you you know you don't really have an onboarding period at a startup so you just kind of get right into it you're taking customer calls on like day two day three yeah thrown it thrown yeah. into the fire you know you have one month there and you meet new people at the company and they're like wow one month that's a lifetime ha 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 it's like <laughs> you're like oh god i mean what the fuck are you trying to say you know <laughs> like what am i what did i what did i get myself into um but overall like yeah i was having fun it was actually the first time in my career where i felt like i was in the right place you know like people were complimenting me on my work and saying Vroon, you're really great at your job like good for you and that felt really good you know i never really got any kind of positive reinforcement like that at uh at my previous uh stops in my career and um it's one of the cool things about the startup life is the community right like people see your work and 
will be very outspoken about like when it's making impact and stuff like that. So, um, so yeah, there was that aspect and just picking up all these new skills. I was like contributing to developer docs. I was, uh, working on big opportunities and it was just a really great time. Um, it was busy. There were definitely a lot of long work days, but it was one of the first times where I was like totally fine with that. And it kind of stayed that way for another year too. Like I got promoted at that job and um, took on more responsibility, started working more cross-functionally. Like I was genuinely having a good time. But underneath all that, like late 2022 is when we had like two different big rounds of layoffs. Um, so, you know, throughout these experiences, the morale starts to sink a little bit. And I know- 2021 was like a crazy year. Right. Yes. Like tech was just going insane. And by the way, yeah. I, I want to quickly add: you were no longer in a uh, tech role. You you were you went from software engineering to uh, sales engineering at this yes. new startup. Yeah. 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 So like that transition was also really great. Uh, like just kind of not coding all the time, using my technical foundation, but um, talking to customers more and designing solutions and stuff like that. Um, that was really great. I think Notarize was among many companies that was just having massive layoffs. It was funny because leading into that layoff, I think I and others at the company were like, did we overhire? Like, there's a lot of people here that I'm like, what the fuck are you actually doing for eight hours a day, you know? But whatever, right? Like, whatever. We'll, 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 we'll let that slide. And then, yeah. Yeah, a lot of those people got laid off. Whoops. But, uh, <laughs> And, um, How many? yeah, I what, think what the number? first, I think the first layoff was like a 25% reduction. Um, I think the second was, yeah, yeah. And then I think the second was maybe a little less than that, maybe half of that. It's so crazy. Cause everyone's like really scared and stressed out when these things happen, you know, you're like, okay, that's fine. That's, that's past us. They try to in inspire us that this won't happen again or whatever. Um, yeah. and I Get was able all to, hands on yeah. company wide meeting. The CEO gets on, it's like guys, everything is fine. We're in good shape. I was able to kind of dissociate from that and still like get good career experiences out of this. I started observing things happening like this year, like early middle of this year where it started to seem like we were throwing a lot of things at the wall and seeing what sticks and nothing was sticking, whether that was like company strategy or certain like hires at the leadership or the individual level or like product builds or whatever like and i know this is not unique to that uh that company um and i'm i'm sure they're they're doing fine right now but um but yeah i think from my perspective as an employee like these experiences were starting to just get really stressful and the morale just i feel like kept on sinking right and i was just like started to have a crisis about the phase of life that I'm in now, you know, I'm like, damn, dude, I'm 27. And like, I want to enjoy these next five years of my life, you know, I'm about to, you know, be getting into my 30s and stuff. And I want to not be stressed about this startup shit in that phase, you know, and obviously, like I'm seeing the writing on the wall in the in the at the macro level, like a lot of companies experiencing the same thing. Um, and I'm like, yeah, I think a bigger company might be the move right now. So 
yeah, I just went and found a job. I was very grateful. I know it was a really tough job market. It still is. It's only gotten worse, but um, I was able to. When was this? When was this? Is when was back this? in. This is in May of 2023, this year. Oh, so. in the thick of it. Yeah, in the thick, the of, thick it. of it. Yep. Yeah. I was able to scrape some of those last few good job openings, and I got one. I just applied super aggressively. I think I'm a pretty good interviewer, too. But, uh, yeah, so I snagged a job. And, uh, yeah, I've observed similar things at my current gig, too, where we're like doing a lot of cost-saving measures and whatnot. But overall, I feel like I'm in much better hands. Um, and this is definitely no disrespect to the last employer either. It's just like, got to take care of me. You know, I don't really want to be stressing about these things in this phase. I'm like thinking, okay, like in the next five years, hopefully I'm starting to think about settling down, maybe starting a family. Like I do not want to be stressing about this startup shit in what, that phase of life. What type of shit? What, what, what startup shit? Like yeah, fundraising yeah. or? Yeah, that was really vague, I guess. So, um you know, when it, when your company is like bleeding cash, like you will feel the repercussions of that, like whether that's more layoffs or more like secret firings or layoffs, um, more work and less people. It's just reeking of desperation, right? Like it feels like people are just quitting more. That's another thing, turnover. And then it's like, okay, that person quit, Varun, we need you to do this now. And then like, oh, like... We have this big company initiative. We need we need to get a a group together to just like tackle this. And you're like, wait, mm -hmm. that's not the job I signed up for. Like, I know I'm wearing many hats, but that might be too many hats, you know. <laughs> and uh, or that is definitely not a hat that I want to wear. Um, that's the best high level description I can give while re respecting privacy, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just it's just like at some point you need the bodies. Right. And like if it's between layoffs and turnover and lofty goals, like there there starts to be this big disconnect and you start to see the writing on the wall that like like I hate to call it a sinking ship, but like it starts to feel that way, even if it isn't actually like I'm not looking at the balance sheet of this company. Um, I'm kind of glad I'm not looking at it. Maybe that would uh, maybe that would be horrifying. I don't know. But like. You start to feel like that and like that's when i realized you want to like it's important to feel like your company can do you favors in the long run right because i can do this company so many favors i can bend over backwards work on this crazy initiative or project and spend the extra time online lose sleep over caffeinate all that stuff but like i need to know that the favors are going to be done for me right like am i gonna be able to have the time off that I need to recharge? Am I gonna get paid more one day? Am I gonna get promoted or whatever? And that was not matching up for me. I was like, okay, I think I'm, like there aren't really defined career paths at startups, that's another thing. So I was already at the senior level, like there isn't really a what's next for me. I wasn't feeling super confident on the company's success and I'm working this much, like way more than what I feel like I'll get in return, I guess. So yeah, that's when I felt yeah. like it was time to jump ship. What, <clears throat> what were some things that you thought you would like before going to a small startup that now it's like, oh shit, now I'm getting this. Like one is like wearing multiple hats, but anything else you're just like, yeah, you know, this is kind of overhyped. Everyone's talking about like 
get to do this and that but in reality it kind of fucking sucks yeah i think one thing i was really excited about was yeah it was that like getting to wear a lot of hats and flex skills that i didn't know that i had right um another thing i was really excited mm -hmm. about was creating process right i think that's something i've always prided myself on is coming into some chaotic situation and being able to say hey like Here's how we can processify this, I guess, and document it better and streamline it. And so when you join the startup, these opportunities are always presenting themselves because there's no process, no documentation. Uh, you'll have plenty of opportunities to do that. I was able to kind of grow my career that way and be like, hey, look, I turned this like shitty ass like thing into this very streamlined process that's helping people do better work here. Um, and so that was really fun, but then, you know, because you work so cross-functionally, you start to realize like you need that kind of spirit from other people too. You know, you'd need other teams or other people to have the same spirit of like, yeah, we're going to make this repeatable and scalable and more efficient because you're going to need favors from other teams and other people. And so eventually, and especially when you know, the money isn't coming in as nicely as you thought it was. Everybody's strapped for time. And like the list of things you need from other people is just going to grow infinitely. And their ability to deliver on those things, uh, like probably will not match up to the level you need to be successful in your own job. You know, now that I'm at a slightly more mature organization, I'm starting to appreciate, wow, like when I need another team's process to improve like there's people and there's process and like project managers or whatever there's people to fill those gaps and like make my life easier they have the spreadsheets they've got the data they've got everything they need they need they have the recurring sinks they have all of, they have people to like who's pretty much full-time jobs yes there's procedure and there's the procedure mindset like you cannot get by in the long run with this with just this like hey let's just do a shitty job at everything to get customers in the door like that doesn't last forever and so that's making my life a lot easier i have way less things to stress about um because there were so many nights where i'd be like stressed about the next day like man i hope that team does what i need them to do so i can do my job you know uh because otherwise I'm like, I just need to get over there and do it myself. And I can't because I have other things to do. So um, new gig, I'm very much appreciating like their support around me, their structure built. They've successfully, like whether it's through hiring good people or great leadership skills, like I'm like sitting on a stronger foundation and I can kind of just focus on doing a good job in my role. It's, it's almost like you, you got a sense of what it's like to have a collapse of a government, like anarchy, in a sense of, mm -hmm. I, I think what was happening, you can tell me I'm wrong, but other teams you're telling me to do something, they're like, I don't wanna fucking do this. Why? Yeah. Cause I don't give a shit about this company anymore. And number two, if I don't do it, who's gonna hold responsible? The leadership team, everything's going shit anyways. Like people are starting to lose respect. There's no more structure in place. While a big company, you're like, if I don't do this, I might get in trouble from the project manager, the managers and stuff. But at, probably at a small start, they're like, Everything's crumbling anyways. No one's going to hold me accountable if I don't do it. And just people to people at that point. Yeah, it's ironic because there is this like community and team feel and this like, yeah, we're going to do all this together and 
we're going to rally around this mission or initiative or whatever it is. But secretly, everyone is looking out for themselves, right? Like startups have a lot of selfish people. People are coming to this startup for a lot of reasons, right? Obviously, you know, as much as you put this like team player mindset to everything, everybody is secretly there to boost their own careers. I mean, that's certainly why I joined a startup, right? I wanted to change titles. I wanted to gain new skills. I wanted to get promoted. I wanted to, I wanted to make money too. Yeah. But, um, uh, I didn't really do that, I guess. I don't know. Like that's another thing. Startups don't pay that great. Like almost everyone takes a pay cut to be at one, but, um, you didn't get equity. Oh yeah. I got, they, I got equity. When I got, they it? not equity. It's like the, I guess it's equity, but it's those gifts, right? I forgot what the term is, but uh, stock options. Yeah, I get options. So like, if they yeah. IPO, which we'll see, but um, then I get to buy them at a discounted price and then resell them or whatever. Mm. But um, yeah, everybody joins these things to like fulfill their own egos a little bit. I always said startups are the best place for people who want to start their own business without having to start their own business. Because, like, everybody kind of has that mindset of, like, yeah, like, I'm running this shit for real, for real. And, like, um, and, like, I'm going to be the goat of the company. Like, I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to, like, I'm going to, like, bend over backwards and then they're going to make me VP of everything here. And, like, yeah, my LinkedIn's going to mm. look so cool. You know, my LinkedIn progression's going to look so fucking cool after I spent five years here. That's what I thought, too. You know, I had those thoughts. But then after two years, I'm like, eh, I don't care about the LinkedIn. I just want to be happy. So fuck that. You know, I, I think it's always so interesting for you to quit a job in big tech and then go to startup and ecosystem. Yeah. It's almost like saying, like, not always. I'm generalizing here like crazy. But you're kind of saying I'm better than everyone. You know, it's, I don't need this big, stable job. I'm going to go, like, go into force and cut shit and kill stuff in startup ecosystem. And I'm, I'm going to be, going to be come out on the other, other side at the other end better yeah. and bigger than everyone else. Yeah. No. Right? It's, it's, it's the yeah. risk. It's the risk you're taking. But it's almost like it's people that tend to gravitate towards these things. It's like people who tend to gravitate towards banking are very narcissistic, egotistic, fucking sociopath, to be completely honest. Uh, I can dive very deep into that but you know startup ecosystem is kind of the same way too it's like oh I, i'm 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 bigger than this like amazon i'm better than this i'm, yeah. not, I'm not just a high paid cog in the wheel i'm gonna go in the startup ecosystem and i'm gonna change shit i'm gonna take on responsibilities exactly <laughs> yeah yeah everybody you know I mean? like yeah I've, i had those thoughts at one point for sure like you you join and you're like yeah dude like fuck the amazon way or fuck the fang well that's fucking 40 years ago right like we're doing it our way we're not trying to be the the next google we're trying to be the first whatever this company is called right like that's like a lot of people's mindset even if they didn't come from big tech maybe they came from baking or maybe they came from some other industry like they come into this with the like this like self-fulfilling mindset Right, they want to like they they want to feel like they're better than what they came from, and yeah. uh, that's something I've really tried to touch on, or I want to continue to touch on in my videos is like the psychology of the people that join these companies. I find that so interesting. It brings people from all the different walks of corporate life in this one place, all these different walks of corporate life, 
and they all share the same mindset of like, yeah, I'm like better than everyone. And like, we're going to get so rich together and, and like secretly, like I want to like up my own career and like, man, it's this very fascinating social phenomenon. I don't know. Like, wait, wait, wait. so your yeah. videos that the videos you've been making recently with yeah. the zoom calls and stuff, the, those are um, deduced from your experiences at your startup companies, not at Amazon? I think I'm just looking at my own page. It kind of depends, but like... Um, oh, that's interesting. Like, I, I would have thought those were all like... When I think about it, those skits and stuff, it felt like big tech to me. Yeah, I mean, like the one where I talked about being on a call with legal, that's a very startup experience. Um, yeah. The coworker getting married, I think that's kind of both uh, big and... <laughs> Big tech Shout and startup. Yeah. Anytime I'm anytime I make jokes about working with like sales or whatever, that's definitely startup. And then there were the last couple where I talked about like meeting ex consultants, right? Like and the the personality and and uh mindset they bring to the company. Like yeah, mm. like there's so there's such like seeing the different mindsets and backgrounds that people bring to the company and how they kinda clash sometimes is always very fascinating. Yeah. So where's your head at right now? Um, you did the big tech. You went to a pretty small startup. Right now you're like a mid-sized company. Are you done? <laughs> like, like I think like, I'm, uh, chilling. I think I'm finding sell down star family and stuff. I think I'm finding my sweet spot. I think I really enjoy being at this like not mid too hot, not too cold. Yeah, I think I right. like being in like a late stage thing. Um, I enjoy being in a late stage thing where there is opportunity for me to be like, Hey, like let's processify this and make this better. I think, um, I don't think I would go on the other extreme where it's a five person company. I used to think I wanted that, but I realized that's not for me because what I observed throughout this, uh, shift we experienced in the last two years is we went from feeling like series D IPO bound to like, a, little, a bit of a regression to that series B kind of feel. And I got to, I got a taste of that. And that's when I realized that's not for me. Too risky. It's like too much fluctuations, right? The roller coaster right? It's that and just the stress. I don't think I'm cut out to be working super long days and, um, mm. and just, uh, like have to do like 20 jobs. You know, that's the thing. I feel like in my last role, I was doing maybe, Maybe three jobs, maybe. If you're like Series A, that's you're almost like a founder. You have to be doing like everything. And so I don't want to do everything. I want to do like some things, I guess, is what I realized. So um, I'm enjoying being at the late stage vibe, like late stage, but definitely going to be successful vibe. So that's where my head is at. I still think maybe one day I would love to start my own business of some kind, but it will not be a SaaS business. Is what I've decided. No. Yes, oh. I think I'm Why? done. I've seen enough. I think I've seen enough. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think I, I feel like after spending five years in tech and SaaS and stuff, one, I realized I I don't bring much to the table creatively with SaaS. Like, I don't feel excited about building my own SaaS company, and I also don't think I'm, I'm not excited about just improving some enterprises corporate process with some tool and stuff and trying to sell them really hard on it. I feel like it would be really fun to like make something physical, like a clothing product or a 
health product or a food product. Like, I feel like that would be such a nice change up from this, this like buried in the screens SaaS life I've been living for the last five years. So, um, I feel like just for the change and the new adventure, it would be fun to do something completely different. So that's definitely the goal, you know, five, 10 years from now, um, we'll see what that looks like. Maybe it's just me making more videos on the internet. Um, if that's the case, that would be really fun too. Still working my way there, but um, not building a fucking SaaS company. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. it's not It's not the dream. You ever seen that TikTok where it's like, when you realize your life mission is to work at a B2B SaaS startup? <laughs> that's so funny because I feel like during the like hype of SaaS and B2B SaaS, a lot of people like, clung on to that they clinged on to that and i know now everyone's getting really jaded about it but yeah yeah that's so true all right well let's 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 transition out of uh all this depressing corporate SaaS conversation yeah, yeah. stuff dude okay how, how's life been you live in new york right now new york city you're well you're in brooklyn right yes yes downtown brooklyn yes okay tell me tell me what's all the hype right now if everyone's trying to run half marathons why, why is that thing <laughs> What was, yeah yeah so you you're doing it my friends are doing it i'm like what the fuck is everyone also running half marathons that's so funny you say that so actually sad news i couldn't end up running it i got injured the last week of the training so i ended up not running it oh. but i was definitely relieved because i was like cool i can eat whatever i want now so i'm gonna drink i'm gonna eat i don't give a fuck um but yeah it's so funny i've seen memes recently of people saying like yeah after you turn 25 everyone's either getting engaged or running a marathon like <laughs> and i was definitely yeah. in the latter um i think for me at least i'll i'll say my experience and then i'll try to generalize a little bit but i think for me i was like going insane living in this freaking city i was just like i need something to like, I need like a fitness thing to just like decompress a little bit. You know, life here is noisy. It's stressful. It's fast. Um, so noisy. Obviously there's so no, fucking yeah. Noisy. Yeah. Especially where you're at. I know it is. Um, yeah. but, um, yeah, like I need, like, there's obviously no mountains anywhere nearby. So, um, I need something to just decompress a little bit. So I started running, um, started running to prospect park and around the park and all the way back home and then after i did that i was like huh maybe i should just like sign up for a half marathon like i can do it i'm in shape for it and then i signed up for one i ended up not being able to do it but there was a little phase during that where i was like yo this could be my thing hell yeah let me make this my personality let me like post online about it and then you know i got injured and i'm, I'm okay now it was a very minor injury i just pulled a muscle but um yeah, in the last two, three weeks of recovering, I was like, yeah, fuck that shit. I don't want to do that. <laughs> like, um, I think people in their late 20s are obviously all looking for some form of meaning and identity and and obviously want to be in good shape. And half marathons or marathons are a nice ego boost. You know, when you like complete like an eight mile run, a 10 mile run you're like, wow, I'm that dude for real. Like, oh yeah, my God. Take a like, picture. Post yeah. On Instagram. Yeah. I want people to see, I want people from high school to see how skinny I am now, dude. And how in shape I am now. Yeah. Like let's, let's <laughs> fucking 
let's go. Like it's just like an ego boost, right? Uh, and if, it provides a routine. It provides a sense of identity, a sense of community. Maybe for me, it was um, one. I just want to get in better shape, and I just needed to de-stress. So um, yeah, and obviously, if you're single, you know, you're craving some sense of like you're craving those things to a higher extreme than maybe someone who's about to get engaged, like that meme said. So um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I think I, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit with something you said. Like yeah. people in their late, or we're both in our mid to late twenties. We're both twenty-seven. Yeah. We graduated yeah. the same year, right? Yeah, eighteen. Yep, yep. Um, I think it's what, what's been very interesting of what I've seen is there were two phases of midlife core life crises. Like yeah. the first phase was me and you, two years into a job, were like fuck this shit like yeah. i want to get out i want to try something new and in a way like you and i probably went into went through the shit storm in the past two years not saying we came out the other side already we're still very much in the shit storm figuring shit out you mm-hmm. know like mid to late 20s and stuff but what i think is very interesting is i'm seeing the second wave happening now people have been in the same job or maybe just hopped around didn't do any drastic changes they're now going like i want to go try something completely new and like 27 28 years old have you have you seen the same thing among your friends like there was like two different waves yeah go through their core life crisis yeah definitely i think the first wave i feel like the first wave was a smaller one right yeah two years in two years in yeah i feel like people thought i was crazy for quitting my job um and changing it up and you know a lot of people might have said i don't know varun like you might want to stay a little long. I don't know if you should have done that. It could have, you know, if you stay could have vested more and stuff. Yeah, or you could have bonus, hit L five first. You know, something worked, like that. Yeah, worked your way up, whatever. Especially if it's one of those jobs that looks great on paper, right? Like, yeah, it's so crazy how where you land after college just is so different for everyone. Maybe you end up really liking your job. Maybe you're just okay with it. Maybe you're like us and you're just like absolutely hate this. And so I think that group is a little smaller at least from what I've observed. So um, that was the first wave. And then COVID also timed things very interestingly um, because then like COVID was pretty much right after that two-year mark. And then, yeah, I think you're right. There is a second wave of that now, but it looks a little different. I think everyone's like being so like, and and these are all good things, right? But everyone's like, oh yeah, like I'm going to run that half marathon. I'm going to get in good shape. I'm gonna do some skincare or some shit or like I'm gonna go hiking more like right that's a classic one I, I I feel like I got that out of the way during the COVID and post-COVID years where like yeah I'm gonna go to all the national parks or whatever and yeah people are like quitting their jobs to start their own companies now I'm seeing people take bigger risks which is cool which is interesting because yeah. you'll think it's the other way around people become more conservative yeah in their late 20s but I think this is when everyone's like fuck it if I don't do it now I'll never do it Right, yeah. I was like, I, I didn't do it then. I better do it now. Yeah, or they just got so sick of what they're doing. There is definitely in this time frame of between twenty five to thirty, and it's all like self imposed, right? But there is this feeling of like time is running out for some reason. Like when I'm thirty, something's yeah. gonna change, even though that's not gonna be the case. <laughs> but it's that like feeling that kind of drives some of these things, right? Um, I know that's what drove like my decision to maybe sign up for a half marathon. I was like, huh, like I'm not going to be in good shape in 20 years probably. So I should try this now. Um, and, uh, same with all the content stuff too. I'm like, 
yeah, I'm fucking. I'm gonna post that video because I'll probably wish I did when I'm when I'm older, right? So, and then there's obviously still people doing the same shit. And that's always gonna. There's always gonna be that group who like, yeah, just kind of vegetates in their same job or whatever, and that's fine too. But, Honestly, yeah, lucky bastards. Yeah, not gonna lie. Exactly. I'm like, damn. Yeah. You like what you do? They're like, yeah. I'm like, holy shit. Yeah. Good. I used to, I used to like trash them and stuff. Yeah, like, oh, look at these people. I like, hate their lives and whatnot. I mean, some of them do. Yeah. So if you do, if you do, PSA, if you do hate your job, you should probably leave it. Um, yeah. This is, if, if if you never got permission from anyone, if you listen to this podcast this deep in, we're really not giving you uh, the permission right now. Go quit exactly. your job. But aside from that, if you like your job and you, and you've been working for six years at this point, I'm just like, holy shit, good for you, my guy. Like. Yeah. That is very, very impressive. It's 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 a rare sight to see, to be to be honest. Yeah, like after college, uh, everybody just lands in different spots, right? Like some people find something they really like right away, and good for them. And then there are people who are kind of like, I want to change something, but this is good enough. And then there's, I think, people like you and me who were just, it's not an alignment at all. It's just like this maybe looks good to other people but i'm unhappy i think i'm really glad i ended up in that bucket because i think that forced me to make a lot of really necessary change so i don't think i would have it any yeah. other way i think in the moment i was like woe is me like my life is you know i have to work like harder to be happier than other people but i think the character growth was it was worth the character growth for sure. Yeah, and, and and on top of that, you you also have a story to tell. Your your life becomes a lot more interesting, and I also feel like you understand people, the world, yourself a lot better because mm-hmm. you you tasted different personalities, you tasted different sides of companies, you've been exposed to a new entire subset of thinkers, right? Because I will say, people who work that big corporate and startup are fundamentally people that you know, view life pretty differently yeah as a creator too like you met a bunch of other creators just like yeah i guess i'm not fucking crazy i do there's other people that also enjoy posting videos online and getting people to follow them like awesome there's other narcissists in this world yeah like yeah me. yeah <laughs> i think having that experience forced me to like try a bunch of different things like let me go try to change up the work thing let me try stuff outside of work let me do all this new stuff and through that experience i've learned a lot about me about the world i've become more empathetic i've become uh, more sensitive um i think all these things will benefit me in my future endeavors and so yeah i'm really glad things turned out the way they did and like even though i was at the time unhappy with how my first job went i was regretful maybe at the time i can look back on it now and be like that really one set me up really well for my future and two like had this snowball effect of great change in my 20s that i might not have otherwise had so well i guess to wrap this up any uh any last words wisdom in terms of career dating that you know we haven't touched upon that you just want to drop before we kind of like close it out yeah i think uh, a theme that i try to get across when i talk about my career, when I talk about dating even, or when I talk about, you know, my life the last five years is to always be like checking in with yourself and like asking yourself what you want, what's best for you. I don't think enough people do that, especially fellows from our community. You know, I think we're not traditionally good about introspecting and thinking about what's best for us. 
and not what other people think are great. So I would tell anyone watching this to just uh, always check in with yourself, whether that's through journaling or just reflecting or even just talking to a friend and kind of, you know, catching up with someone who can ask you challenging questions. I think it's important to never settle and keep uh, doing what's best for you. So Always check in with yourself, guys. Yeah. If something doesn't feel right, you know, play it out, see what happens. Yeah. But generally, from what I've learned in the past couple of years, my life experience so far is your gut kind of knows from the beginning, yeah. right? It doesn't feel right. It probably isn't right, but I still believe it's like play it out a little bit to see if it's just like you're clouded by emotions or judgment or what's happening in the moment. But generally, you know, I, what I realize people come to the same conclusion mm -hmm. at the end of like their trial period. But yeah, other than that, Varun, it's been a pleasure having you on. Um, thank you everyone for tuning in to another episode of Still Is the Yellow Kings podcast. I will drop Varun's socials. I mean, you're, you're on TikTok. Are you Instagram at the moment? Yeah, my well? yeah, my Insta is linked on my TikTok. Yep, yep. All right, TikTok, Instagram, not on YouTube just yet. Potentially in the future, but other than that, follow him. He's a super funny guy. Makes a lot of fun comedic content, and we'll catch you guys all next time. Thanks. Peace out. Thanks, man.